0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for July 19th of 2022. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com.
1: Cameron Walsh for HockeyHerts.com.
0: Hey, welcome <laughs> back. It's been like a year, but the team that we are both most interested in has had quite an offseason to this point, very busy. Lots of signings. Uh, a few trades Uh, I don't think the work should be done we'll see if it is done Um, so the Penguins are returning most of the top of their lineup which is in my opinion a very good thing uh, given where they are and what their options were and the filling out of the roster well we'll get into all that as well so uh, hi welcome Uh, Cam how are you I'm good. I'm a
1: year older since the last time we recorded, but otherwise things are pretty good.
0: Yeah, so we we both, you know, had conflicts and, and things, and we got to navigate the time zones and whatnot in the school year. Uh, did not afford those opportunities like in years past, and we felt like there's just so much going on with the Penguins that we, we would do a special summertime kind of thing. Uh, we're still going to continue with our open scheduling uh in the future i think when i tweeted out that we were going to take a break from this uh last july right which date was the last time we were here cam Uh, i think the 31st that's almost 31st so almost a year um that it wasn't goodbye forever and and here we are so let's let's just jump right into things we have evgeny malkin and chris letang both signed uh chris letang which was thought to be what was going to be the harder of the two signings, turned out to be pretty pretty straightforward and easy, even though they they took their time with that one. And then Evgeny Melkin, of course, uh, hours before free agency started, uh, inked his deal to stay a Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, maybe I'm speaking for you. I think I am. Elated to have both of them back.
1: Absolutely. It just it didn't also did not make any sense in regards to like you you look at the window right you just give both of them as long as it's reasonable what they want for the length of time they want because by the time Crosby decides to retire and I reckon he might go another two years or something after his current contract it's all over Red Rover anyway you lose any one of those three and you might as well pack up and go home so I just yeah I just thought it was ridiculous that they is so hard on the milking contract
0: you know depending on what you read and 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 who you're going with that has a a story that's closest to the truth um you know some of that stuff it, it did seem a little bit ridiculous that they were arguing over a fourth year when it really doesn't matter at all because here's the thing Penguins are very unique in their situation. They've, they've won. They're not chasing a cup like some core groups um, around the league have. Their aging curves for some of these players are not the same as what the aging curves you find from a lesser tier of player. Um, Chris Letang, well-noted, workout machine. I have um, less concern about him, believe it or not, oh same and I think someone said he's played 94% of the games the last two or three years
1: it's interesting the uh, heart condition may have actually been a savior for him it's 12 months of not getting bumped around on the ice once oh I see what you're saying yeah, yeah. once he's passed the, the health thing and it's like your heart's fine he's had 12 months less of getting whacked around so you know, it's it's one of those things where when players miss twelve months due to a knee reco and all that kind of stuff, you can take it with the fact the way you know ACL reconstructions are done these days, it's twelve months less wear and tear on the rest of the body. So I, I take that with Latang's condition. He's a, like you said, he's a workout freak. So he'll play till he's forty-one, which is what his contract will take him through to, I think.
0: And he doesn't need to play well until 41 they're they're really looking at a two or three year hopeful plan here
1: oh, see, which contract. is why
0: the yeah so it doesn't matter and and these bad if let's say they do turn south let's say um all four of them and when i say all four the the big signings they made this offseason brian russ kicked it off uh chris letang ricard raquel evgeny malkin Let's say after three years, they all fall off the table. It's fine. Now you're in a rebuild. Yeah. And guess what? You can play all young players and still hit the cap floor. A lot of teams struggle to to hit the cap floor, and they got to bring in uh, veterans and things like that to bump it up, and then those veterans, of course, want playing time. Penguins could just leave them on the roster. They don't even LTIR them. They just don't play them if it comes to that. And they, and then they, well, let's be honest. It's going to look like the 2003-2004 <laughs> Penguins. Well, the other thing is that
1: they don't even have to play. They could just all retire. And because they're over 35 contracts, the cap stays on the, the, the contracts stay on the cap, right?
0: Well, they wouldn't do that. Why do you want to know why? Cause they oh, they paid. won't get paid. Oh, idiot. but your 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 point's right the cap hit would stay and that, and quite frankly that's not going to impact whatever gutted rebuild they try and do it might actually turn into a benefit to have those contracts God, believe imagine, it or
1: not. imagine how annoying that would be for fans other than pittsburgh that these three do fall off a cliff but they hang around enough that they can draft and they end up with the number one pick again and end up with them
0: you know what I'm saying? Like how so in three years, mean? it will be 19 years with uh, Crosby, Melk and Letang together. So, like, what are we really talking about here? We're on borrowed time. Oh, absolutely. Pretty much in any other scenario. If you look at uh, the Blackhawks, they, they crumbled way before the Penguins, and they did not start their rise before the Penguins. The Kings have already had enough time to do a, a little bit of a retool, rebuild, and come back since they had won their two cups. So, Penguins' longevity with this has been pretty impressive, and that's why I'm all in on pushing the chips forward and saying, let's go. Because their farm system stinks. There's nowhere to go. There's no, like, there's no guarantee with rebuilds anyways. Everybody's, like, tank for, is it Bedard? Yeah, I believe so. Tank for Bedard. Well, bad news, that doesn't really work anymore because... You have at best an 18% chance of winning the lottery, so there it, it isn't. It's not like it was back in back in the day when, you know, you were pretty much guaranteed a first or second overall. I think the Red Wings have been terrible, and they keep getting like fourth or fifth overall every year. Well, so. that,
1: that's the thing for me with the Red Wings. It's like they had like a 20-year run while they had Lindstrom, right, and others just using that as the sort of the the window. And they've not been able to recover since that group of players after, what was it, about 2011? It all sort of started to go sideways for them after that. Like, if you're a Pittsburgh fan in our age bracket that's got to grow up watching this bunch of players and and get three cups, Um, that's not including the two that we got to see with Lemieux and Jaeger. Like if you're, they're terrible for the next 20 years, you can't complain.
0: Like, and there's no guarantee they'll be terrible for 20 years. They're going to be terrible for like boys, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they are. And, and, yeah. and you know what? To the credit of much of the fan base and everything I see, I think people are owning that. People understand that. There are a few weirdos out there that want to like start the rebuild now as if like it's guaranteed to work. Um, I don't know, Do you, have you seen Arizona and Buffalo? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't always go that way. It's actually, so... Buffalo's
1: a really good example because they look like they're on the right track. Then their owner got in and started meddling and then it all went sideways. And now they don't even have Connor McDavid's second-in-command scenario. Like, he's in Vegas. So, yeah, it's, it's very easy to get a rebuild wrong.
0: They 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 got it wrong originally. I think the Sabres are in a in a pretty okay spot at like as we're talking right now, but they also haven't made the playoffs since Pagula bought the team and that was I think in twenty eleven.
1: Yes. The Ryan O'Reilly trade will haunt that franchise for a while.
0: <laughs> yes. So <laughs> you you can't I, I I couldn't understand the apprehension to just saying Malkin, here's a fourth year, fuck it, I don't care, let's go for this. And the way it all went down, you know, if I'm Evgeny Malkin, he's coming off of major knee surgery that he put off so he could play in the playoffs. Right? Am I remembering that That, correct against the Islanders?
1: Yep, you're remembering it correctly.
0: He put off his surgery so that he could continue to compete because without him they were going to be cooked anyways. Team did play well against the Islanders, um, and then had a surgery. He's 35. I can understand why the Penguins did not sign him at that point because he's 35, coming off major knee injury. Uh, but then he went 42 points in 41 games and did pretty good in the playoffs so what's the problem
1: (laughs) you know what i mean i'm curious to know sorry to take a jeff merrickism i'm curious to know whether it is the general management level or whether it's the new owners analytics level that went oh we don't know if we want to do this what do you reckon
0: I thought the ownership said they wanted to be competitive. And Which the thing with the Malkin conversation, that it wasn't a nostalgia fest. It wasn't, I don't want this guy to go because we've had him for so long. We just need to keep him because he's a legend for the Penguins. Now, I'm not saying there's zero part in that. I mean, we are human. Yeah. <laughs> the point of even following sports is you, you follow these personalities and you... You know, we've seen Malkin grow (laughs) (laughs) from from committing like espionage to get over here. Well, yeah, I think people forget that, and yeah, um, you're right. And just be an absolute superstar, one of the best to ever do it, until now. And that's all valid, but the real issue is you strip all that feelings away. He's still their best option. They don't have any assets to use to trade for an impact second-line center, let alone a first-line center who plays second-line center. And what were the other options? Vincent Trocheck. Well, gee, I can't imagine why he was so popular. Kedri. You, know, you know what? Evgeny Malkin's probably lived in Pittsburgh longer than Vincent Trocheck at this point in time. Primarily. That's actually,
1: that's actually a really good point. <laughs>
0: He'd it, be right. more he'd
1: be more Pittsburgh than Trautwerk because wouldn't have been in Pittsburgh all the way through till he was like
0: 18. He wasn't. He left when he was 13 to go to Detroit, point. if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, I think he he comes home now, but malkin's the one there nine ten months out of the year. Yeah. So you know that <laughs> that that's all silly, anyways. That's just funny. I don't <laughs> care where any of them live, personally, but um. The bigger point being, uh, Malkin had, what, 20, 21 goals? And Trochek had 20, 21 goals. Uh, The problem being, Malkin played 40 less games than him. Yeah. Last year, coming off knee surgery, Malkin had a very solid year. And let us not forget, with Danton Heinen and Kasperi Kapanen, Vincent Trochek is not going to function with that kind of help.
1: No, 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 that's exactly right. It's the the bonus of having guys like Sydney Crosby and Guinea Malkin is that you can put lesser wingers on their line, and you get an elevated production from those players. Um, and even if Malkin drops off, you're still going to have an elevated production from those players. And and that's it's it's like you said right at the very start of the podcast, the aging curves of Malcolm, Crosby and Latang, as not normal people. Like it's, it's the it's the reality of the reality of those three players is that Malcolm's aging curve might be a little faster than the other two because he his body is just a little more fragile. But I can't I can't see them over 2022-23 20, and twenty three, twenty four, I can't see them falling off a cliff.
0: Can you? And and, and because of that I mean I suppose I, I... I could. I'm not predicting it. Nah, I'm not predicting it. I and here's the other thing. Like Latang rightfully gets praised for his commitment to uh, how hard he trains, but for some reason Malkin doesn't get credit for his training. Um, he has had some major injuries. Tyler Myers falling, his big ostrich ass falling into Malkin's knee in 2010-11. That's not something Malkin did wrong. No, but he right. trained his ass off, and wouldn't you know it, what happened that next year? I think he was MVP, was he not? I, Yes, he was. Yes, he was. So <laughs> he has a history of having these bad injuries and coming back strong every time, because he, too, trains like hell. He just doesn't get the accolades that Letang does, because I think Letang's on, a, on his own level with that stuff well the Um, other thing
1: is Latang looks like thor whereas malcolm doesn't they're two different body types right so Latang goes and looks at a a weight rack and suddenly looks like chris hemsworth malcolm gets there and lifts his ass off and just gets stronger he doesn't get the shape i think there's a difference in the two frames as well
0: so we we have a long history of Malcolm bouncing back and that does get harder as the ages get going but um i think he's gonna come back and have a great year because man if he signed with somebody else it would have been a revenge tour
1: if they pay revenge level i reckon to be honest
0: um he would have been yep out for blood (laughs) And who could blame him No, being I treated agree. like that? I, I think he was treated quite poorly.
1: So just out of curiosity, did you hear at all where he might have, because like, just with me being a different time zone and, and all of that kind of stuff bubbles up while I'm asleep, by the time I get on Twitter and try to catch it all up, it's, it's all gone. Did anybody out of all of the insiders ever come up with a, oh, he might go here scenario?
0: I think there were writers that just took it upon themselves to be like, well, what's a good fit for Melkin kind of thing. I don't think there was. I don't think that there was a consensus of, well, if the Penguins better watch out. Or yeah, I can. I think people were just speculating. Oh, Washington, Backstrom's out. Go play with Ovechkin. Real fuck you to the Penguins. Yeah, that one checks out.
1: Yeah, it does. It really does.
0: Same Rangers, the Rangers. a second-line center. Yep, Exactly. Panarin, like, okay, New York City. I'm sure that would work well for him, too. In Division, the Fuck You Tour. Uh, <laughs> do play Florida. with Johnny Goudreau. Florida was one where he lives there. Panthers are good, but I didn't see that one happening because of the, the cap space. Um, but that go, cap space, funny. That goes back to Malkin being the best option. You know we've talked a lot about these two and they deserve to be talked about, but we didn't even mention 6.1 million for both of them. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean even even
1: at the tail end, you get there and it's like 12.2 mil for two guys that are franchise cornerstones on the back end of their career. I mean who put it to this way? I would rather have on the ice to try and win a game Crosby, Malkin, and Latang in the last three minutes than a lot of other combinations going around
0: and there are some combinations around that are better than them now because well, that's the natural progression but just, yes that number's not like it's not large
1: top. i reckon they'd be top five
0: yeah and Probably reckon, closer to five, obviously, but yeah. And I reckon uh, that Colorado two... can swing something out there. Tampa. Yeah. Edmonton with Dreisaitl and, and McDavid with uh, who gives a shit? Well,
1: so this is my point though. You need somebody to drive the show at the back end, right? And like the thing that I love about Latang is that he will always take a
0: risk to make a play, right? Which is also we both find that as a, a positive. I, I'm I'm all for it.
1: Correct. That's right, and you and if you want to win a game, you have to take a risk, right? And it's the one thing that I don't think the Edmonton Oilers have on their back end is someone willing to take the risk, and that's why I like the, the trio that Pittsburgh have got. They'll take the risk to make the play that, over the course of their career, hey, they have generally done well, and through the patch yeah. of their career where they got burnt, it was my guy that burnt them, not them.
0: Yeah, like... There are gonna be some plays that turn sideways that are gonna be horrific looking. That's that's part of the deal. It's part of getting all those awesome highlights. Is they're pushing forward, they're going yep. for it. Yep. You're gonna get burned sometimes, and you know, not every time is going to be ideal.
1: Oh, there may be a game-winning goal on the stick at tires. You go, damn it.
0: <laughs> so, this off-season. Had to have both of them back. Uh, Drama or not, they are now both back. So So that's taken care of.
1: So with that, it's like, you're absolutely right. The Rust and Raquel signings are pointless and worthless for this team moving forward if they don't get both of those guys back. If they get one of them back, mm -hmm, but without both of them, those two signings, you might as well trade them away because you're
0: toast. Well, he would just sign Raquel or Russ, for that matter. They they could go anywhere they wanted. Um, it's an old team.
1: <laughs> yeah, it absolutely. All is. of them
0: are UFA age. Uh, that's how you know you're old, because in the <laughs> NHL, you don't get your freedom until you're old. And all of these players, uh, well, they're old. And um, Josh Yoey of The Athletic had a, a tweet that was, ages when the Penguins... Ages of Penguins when the cup is awarded next June. Sid thirty five, Gino thirty six, Letang thirty six, Carter thirty eight, looking every bit of it. Yeah. Uh, Russ thirty one. Raquel thirty. Zucker thirty one. Dumelin thirty one. Petrie thirty five. Ruido thirty three. Ru- Ruda, Ruta thirty two. De Smith DeSmith thirty one. People probably think he's like twenty five years old. He yep. ain't So That's not great. But that's at the window. But, like, that's, but that's the reality. That's yeah. who they are, and they're owning it. And I am here to own just being the old team on the block trying to piece things together. All right. Um, they don't have a farm system. I can't stress that enough. Rutherford left them nothing. His Even though they, he, he didn't have first-round picks, his drafting was shit. What has come through? Nothing. Sher- Shero drafting, you know, his first-round picks weren't great either. But he left Russ, Gensel, Murray...
1: Who uh, was... Who was the GM before... Shiro. Patrick. That's right. He actually had a reasonably good draft record.
0: Like, ignore the... Yeah, Chris Letang and Crosby in the same year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say... Well, Letang was a third-round pick. Yeah,
1: correct. I mean, the... Put it to you this way. You can't get there and tell me that he went, oh, yeah, we know Chris Latang, It's going to be Chris Latang. No. You know, it's the well, thing that really annoys me about drafts. It's like you get past the, the, the top 20 picks, and it's a fucking raffle, man. You even, just uh, Even there. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's like all these people that go, oh, yeah, we we picked him in the sixth round because we knew he was going to turn into freaking Jake Gensel sort of snow. Like, Bullshit. Like, it just, that's not how it works. It just happens that somebody gets into the pro system and they blossom. Nobody knew that person was going to be that person. You just cross your fingers that you're lucky enough to find that diamond in a rough. It's like, Christ, you get into trouble when you you pick a nail, Yakupov, and he, he flames out.
0: Yeah, sometimes... And here's part of the rebuild that you have no control over. Other, Well, you don't have control over your draft position either, but let's say you did win the lottery and everybody would be up in arms that the Penguins won the lottery again. <laughs> but you can get an nail Yakupov. It's not always Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, Austin Matthews, or even Evgeny Malkin or Jack Eichel sitting at number two overall. Sometimes you get nailed. And sometimes you get nailed because of it. Like,
1: <laughs> Very nice.
0: It's, it's how it works. There's no certainty in a rebuild, which is why I have no interest in starting it right now. Um, speaking of the draft, Owen Pickering. I don't know. He seems like a decent enough prospect. I don't give a shit. He ain't helping the team in the next three years. They should not have used that draft pick. That draft pick should have been paired up with other assets to get a mid-tier player to help this roster because this bottom six fucking stinks at the moment and i assume they're gonna try and do something about it but for all the good that they've done this offseason and ron hextall um, despite things looking shaky for a bit with the big two Malkin and letang are back rust and raquel are back like those were things raquel less so than rust but i wanted them to keep rust or i'm sorry uh raquel because i think he's got a good skill set and talent for what they uh should be looking for in a top six player yeah um you know six years five mil that's that's the ufa market baby that's why it wasn't going to be easy to replace malkin because any malkin replacement is probably going to cost similar or above what Malkin was going to cost. Kadri has not signed yet. He's not going to sign for less than Malkin.
1: No, and who would you Trocheck rather have?
0: Trochek is right in that area. Trochek's in the high fives for seven years. Going to tell you what, Trochek's aging curve ain't going to be like Geno's. No. So, all the that stuff had to happen. Or else you can't really move forward and and consider yourself contending or even going through the motions of it. But the bottom six is terrible right now because they're going to lean into Jeff Carter as a third-line center. And he was drowning in that role last year. I don't know if he had nagging injuries or what. I... I didn't think that he was going to look as bad as he did last year because when they traded for him, his skating still really good um, considering his age. And whatever happened, maybe he's tired, maybe they got to do some workload stuff with him upcoming, maybe move him to wing, but that poses its own issues, who who can fill in and well, play center. Well, that was
1: going to be my question. It's like, who plays center if he goes to the wing? <laughs> Well, Mike Richards. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Mike Richards. Sorry. Um, you know Teddy Bluger, I like a lot as a player, but I like him a lot as a player as the fourth line center.
1: He ends he up is tram- a championship. Yeah.
0: He's a championship caliber fourth line center. He'll eat shit minutes and do well in them. But offensively, he doesn't have the profile. Personally, I'm looking for as a third line center. I want at least three scoring lines, and I would prefer my fourth line have some ability to do it, uh, i.e. Matt Cullen kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Bluger fills that role quite well. Uh, so that's that's not bad. Um, Danton Heinen, he's the kind of player... You, you do the the low risk, medium reward thing in, as a UFA. That those players that don't get their offers in the first, maybe even second wave of players, so they're kind of looking to resurrect their value. Well, he scored 18 goals. He he resurrected his value. But the uh, the split side of that is he resurrected guy. his value. <laughs> uh, so you got to find the next Danton Heinen because signing him, he rumored to be looking for three million go for it buddy but it ain't gonna be on this team no that's right Evan Rodriguez super weird year kicked ass the first half of the year Malkin comes back oh it's his His, fault that's right remember it was Malkin's fault yeah same with like Malkin ruins the power play (laughs) right (laughs) um Rodriguez fell off offensively he's still a decent player and I still Uh, wouldn't close the door on him coming back but it's one of those things where unless they move around some salary they're really looking at like a rodriguez signing and then that's kind of it i would be more open to using rodriguez if he re-signed at a third line center role than carter if i'm being quite honest
1: so just out of curiosity it's like it's a jekyll and hyde scenario with rodriguez I'm assuming the norm is somewhere in the middle, but you'd rather him fall off a tree at the start of the year and come on strong at the end for the obvious reasons. Like, what do you get? Like, that, that's a that's a weird, it's a really weird one when you see players like that
0: go. He's an analytical darling now because even if he wasn't scoring, he certainly wasn't playing in his own end or or, or not getting the puck out and stuff like that. Good speed. I do, I do like him as a depth player. So the, was it shooting
1: percentage that did him in?
0: I don't know. He wasn't even getting assists. But yeah. then again, he was, you know, on a third line with Jeff probably. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, very favorite, Kasperi Kapanen.
1: Actually, that's a good question to get to if we bother to get to it at some point.
0: Well, let's let's get to it. He got his qualifying offer in the 900k range uh qualifying offers are not actual like signed upon offers it just means that the penguins hold his rights so if somebody were to offer sheet him which i don't think there's even been one offer sheet this entire season it'd yeah, be really me. weird if he was the one
1: can be correct
0: and i don't like him as a player and I have real minimal interest in bringing him back, even if that was the offer. Uh, It's not going to be. It's probably going to be in that $1.5 to $2.5 million range. I think he's actually going to, he made, what, 3.3-ish, 3.1, something like that. He's going to lose money because he scored 11 goals in 70-something games and got benched frequently, and he's a very limited player. I don't like his awareness. I don't plays go to die on his stick because there's no creativity to speak of he is a rush player who depends on shooting percentage well i i don't know what to say other than that's like the last thing i want
1: (laughs) we with what pittsburgh are as a as a club you need people to keep plays alive
0: like yeah look at the players we've been talking about most of the podcast i know sid hasn't gotten a lot of run uh, just because you know he didn't have a contract situation but <laughs> sid gino letang you give them more touches of the puck even Ruster raquel more touches more times in the offensive zone eventually something really cool is going to happen well, Kevin is say, a one-and-done player
1: i would say that about carter as well he just he's got to get to the spot he's got to get to the zone once he gets in the zone kind of can make a play
0: right he can score goals he, he still has his finishing touch
1: whereas captain if he doesn't score off the rush off the breakout the puck gets on his stick and it's like we've not got the puck anymore
0: and that's honestly he's yeah. a chicken shit given his skill set and i don't mean like he's not willing to take a hit or whatever he he never takes the defenders on he always pulls up and it's like well you are fast but it ain't worth a damn and yeah, if you're just, not gonna uh, if you're not gonna
1: give it a crack, you make a good point.
0: So he's he's kind of a player that I don't have much time for. I I thought the trade to get him back stunk considering Toronto was in a legitimate cap dumping scenario. There was no leverage for, for the Maple Leafs and somehow they got a first round pick. Rutherford spending his second first round pick. And I hope he spends his third first round pick. <laughs> no actually um we can segue this into the defense uh because i i thought there was opportunity with vancouver even though it turned into a meme like pittsburgh vancouver rutherford uh with john marino kasperi kapanen in a first i don't know what that would have got you from them oh, but knows. it would have moved out salary the first-round pick I couldn't care less about. And who knows? Is that J.T. Miller? I don't know. Is it Connor Garland? I don't know. Nils Hoglander, some people like him. I don't know. Something. Kapanen's useless to me. He's Find find the GM that values him. Well, I know of one.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Well, R- I'm, Rutherford's not the GM, but, you know. He's running the shark. He, does, he doesn't strike me as the... Uh, sit quiet in the president role kind of kind of deal
1: no i think um, everything goes through him before it's decided upon.
0: <clears throat> but that didn't happen whatever i that just actually to my point of wanting to get rid of him but let's we could talk about uh john marino getting moved uh a, at the moment of the trade very underwhelming i was like this is the best we can do here i know his contract's 4.4 <laughs> a little high for a guy with minimal offense but the kind of guy I thought teams were kind of—I mean, look at the signings around the league. Eric Goodbranson at four million for four years. You're telling me there's not teams out there that would be like, yeah, we could throw John Marino on our mid pair. And um, yeah, okay, they so got a third you, you rounder you wanna, and Ty Smith. If so you, it was. Go if ahead.
1: You, if you want to use the Goodbranson, because it's a really good example, actually, it's a good comparison. They are completely different players. Like you and I aren't for heavy hockey as such, which you still have floating around the league. Good Branson brings that. Marino is not that. He is a smart, positional hockey player whose analytics are good. For Defensively. Some, yeah, yes, for some unknown reason, doesn't can't seem to change that the other way. But he's not going to get there and clear out a crease for you. And, and Good Branson, there is. There is still a premium on that theory of big and strong and clear the crease out. And and that's where Marino probably falls off. And, and when you're trying to trade a guy around, people go, no, nah, he's soft. Not that he is, but you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I thought Marino played his best hockey since his rookie year, the, the later part of the season and especially in the playoffs. I yep. thought his value would have been such... Higher than third-round pick in Ty Smith. Ty Smith seems like a dart throw, whatever. Uh, good profile coming up through. Really rough year on a rough team. I think that he could eventually become a functional NHL player. Uh, so that that's still open. We'll see what happens there. So now that we have hindsight... They're just getting Marino's money off the cap. And in the same day, they trade for Jeff Petrie. Uh, I really like the Petrie trade because he's another defenseman where you're not going to have the puck die on their stick in the offensive zone like a Marino, like Dumoulin. uh, Pretty much like... The entire defense, other than Latang last year.
1: it wouldn't die on Matheson's stick. It just, you, it just, it was always fraught with danger when it got on his stick, though. That was the thing. Like they've traded Jeff Petrie, who I think is a safer version of Matheson. Matheson can obviously skate like the the wind, but I would trust Petrie on the blue line to de- make a play with somebody there when it's Petrie and nothing behind him. More than Matheson, and that's why I like the trade because the play is yeah. not going to die on Petrie's stick. You're absolutely right.
0: He his offensive history is very good, and the best part of the Petrie trade is now it can put to rest one of my biggest complaints is that Crosby hogs Latang, yeah. and the problem with hogging. The problem with him hogging Letang isn't that Crosby gets Latang; They have wonderful results, obviously. <laughs> it's that Evgeny Malkin never has anything of even close to something like that to help push him forward. Petrie can do that. Yeah, that's true. Malkin will have an offensive defenseman that is highly functional offensively, and I think it's going to make a world of difference to him. It's gonna help his aging curve, even though Petrie himself is thirty three. He's uh, not gonna
1: to have to play the heavy minutes though. That's still gonna be on the tank.
0: So I very much all on board with the Petrie trade. Matheson, not the guy I would have moved, but apparently the Canadians were dead set on taking him. Couldn't they take Dumo? if you told me Yeah right. <laughs> We'll get there. Um, Matheson had a really nice bounce back season last year. Uh, Probably close to what a ceiling would be, I think. And, you know, came a long way from when he originally got moved for Hornquist. But his contract is forever. There's no guarantee that was his true self last year. I'm fine getting out of that contract. But the elephant in the room for me is Brian Dumoulin's still on this team. He looked like absolute shit the last half of the year. It's injury-related. We've spent a lot of the podcast talking about Malkin bouncing back and why we were confident he can. I don't share that confidence with someone like Brian Dumoulin because Brian Dumoulin is not an elite superstar player, and aging curves do not go well for those players. And he's not overly dynamic to begin with, but the things he does well, he needs his foot speed to create separation to make those nice breakout passes. He does facilitate a very nice breakout. He's good defensively when he maintains his gap control, but if he keep if, if he loses a step, you, I don't want to be this rough on him, but you you could enter into a Rob kind of situation.
1: Well my question my question here is do you relieve him of his Latang duties and put him with Petrie so that his competition is not as bad and take the gamble that Jan Ruter can do that role or or Joseph can do that role like th- that's that's sort of the the situation they're in with doing, like if he if he doesn't get his, his footwork back
0: But if you're not trading him as the obvious candidate, and let me tell you, I don't want to hear from anybody that he can't be traded. He is a two-time cup champion, top-pairing defender. How many examples do we have in this freaking league of GMs valuing just that?
1: Well, he's got a 10-trade list.
0: Okay, Hornquist had one too, and guess what? Florida was on it.
1: Florida was on it, was no, he? He... Were they? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, Rutherford just ignored it and traded him anyways and was like, uh, do you want to nix this? And he's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Uh. Yeah, maybe Dumoulin bounces back. That's not the gamble I want to make. The thing is, though. Because he... if you're not trading him, then you think he's still the the old version. They're going to pump him up with minutes, and it might not go well. And I know this is anecdotal. Saw the Penguins in Buffalo. It was great to see Sid and Gino. I hadn't hadn't been to a game in a bit just because life, it's busy. (laughs) Uh, Quite frankly, I think you're not guaranteed to have money well spent at an NHL game Mm -hmm. on any given Mm -hmm. night. You can spend that money and get a dud. Uh, whereas if I go to other concerts and stuff, I'm I'm more guaranteed to get what I I want out of that. Uh, But I took my daughter to the game. I'm like, you want to see Sid and Gino? She's not, like, huge into hockey, but, like, she sees it on. She's like, yeah, sure. So we went. And while it was great to watch, like, all those other guys, and I love watching Gensel play too, the thing that stood out was just how bad Dumoulin looked. And that's just one game on a road game on a weeknight in the regular season. I think it was in March, so it's later in the year. But it doesn't like I, it was noticeable to the point where I made a point to write about it. Like, oh boy, this is not good. No, I, I and get it, what you're saying. He can't he can't create separation. And I don't need separation like Chris Tate. I need separation so he can go tape to yeah. tape. Everything was around the boards, up the glass. Well, who's there? Yeah, I was gonna of?
1: say that's very. I've I've uh I've gone back to watching the 09 uh, Cup run when oh, I get some when nice. I get some space. So I've got a copy of every single win that they had through. So I've got a copy. Of six, what was 16 wins? I've got all those, all those yep. games, and um even back then, like, Hal Gill would try to make a play
0: right <laughs> Sc- hell. Sc- Scudere- you're dapple again yeah, well yeah it,
1: it's, it's it's I see sort of go, that's not me yeah it is me no no that's hell um, but the thing that's funny is that it's like you watch Scuderi and even back then in 09 when he was heralded for all the stuff that he should have been heralded for it was still wrap it around the boards it was never hang on to it for half a beat let the guy go let the guy overcommit, and then give the easy pass for the short you know six foot pass or something it, it was it's amazing when you go back and watch it and it's like if doodle turned into that they can't play him on that top line they just can't it, it's just
0: it, he only has one year left so we're not in like uh but but the problem is don't really have a year to that, yeah um, that's
1: that's that's what i was sort of sort of leading to is it's like you're gonna have to Like All those credentials that you said in regards to he's a two-time cup winner, all those, you know, bang, 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 and you go, you get to the trade deadline, can you move him for something else
0: to... They're not going to, though. You know what's likelier? They extend him. They do not view it like this. Otherwise, he'd be gone.
1: Come on,
0: that's just... The first thing I would have done this off season is uh, unload that contract for flexibility. Yeah, you just because now you've offense. gone through the whole yeah. like Dylan Strom is your third line center, could have been a cool thing.
1: Uh just go PK Subban. That's fine. Just get him on a three.
0: No, they don't need any more defense. <laughs> I was open for for the Subban thing, uh, minus the Petrie thing. Yeah, 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 yeah but now that Petrie and Latang are sitting there, and Chad Ruedo, and Jan Ruda. Jan Ruda, the most puzzling thing of the whole offseason so far. No, it's not. It's the second most... They're obsessed with that getting heavier. It is the like second
1: most puzzling thing. The most puzzling thing was Melvin.
0: Ruder is second. But they got it done. They got it done. Ruder is
1: the second most puzzling thing, because yes, I don't understand this heavier thing. If you've got the puck, who cares what the fuck
0: happens? Okay, so aside from stylistic issues, it was rumored the Penguins were talking about Ruda as far back as the draft in Montreal. They signed Ruda after that. They knew they were still going to pursue Petrie. They have Chad Ruedo making a very small bit of money being very functional in that role. They- They're getting proper value And they're saving in a part of the roster they need to save so they can invest elsewhere. They keep screwing this up, though. Jan Ruda might be fine. He might be fine. He's a righty who is stapled to Victor Hedman, though. Yeah. yeah. So if he's a righty, most righties play on the right side. I I know that he can probably play on the left side. Uh, If they move. Dumoulin, I'll be more open to this Ruta on the left side, okay, whatever. But they didn't. And well, now how they do you have... mean they didn't? They
1: haven't yet. They haven't played. They might do it. I doubt
0: it. They're I'm just saying. It. I'm not even getting in that hot space. <laughs> They're not going to do it. They're just not. They're not going to do it. <sighs> so Ruta's at $2.75 million. That matters. These these contracts matter. Brock McGinn matters. Yeah, that Brock McGinn
1: one bothers me. The, the thing with Ruda is that if if they didn't have Ruedel and Friedman on the third pairing, Yeah, Friedman right, too. on the third pairing, then yeah, and Ruda's like a kind of required signing, if that makes sense, because it fills out what you've got. But they had two defensemen that could play the third pairing, give you 12, 13 and a half minutes, solid are not going not gonna to fuck things over very often. We'll make mistakes. But they're, they're safe, reliable, and dependable. And you go, our top four are going to do all of our driving anyway because they're going to be the guys playing with Crosby and Melkin. The The root of signing is bizarre.
0: If the route of signing was insurance for Marino's trade, just fucking keep Marino. It's not like you got anything for him. That's a good point. You didn't use Marino in a bigger trade to get a, a different significant trace. piece. Yeah. You did it as a cap dump. So you don't need to sign Jan Ruda to protect against losing Marino and not getting Petrie. You just fucking keep Marino. And you still try for Petrie and you can dump Marino's contract the same way you did. Just, you, you, okay. Maybe this is the
1: most baffling scenario of the, of the off season.
0: I just don't understand yeah. it. So they have five and a half mil tied up in guys they just don't need. And, and players will come in and do just fine. Like Brock McGinn, fourth line, 2.8 mil. You just got out of the Tanev contract that done. Tanev was fine as an actual fourth line player. His contract stunk well,
1: see, that's that's one of the things sometimes that i think people can't separate is you get there and you go Tennant, great on the ice for what he's doing but the, the the franchise decided to pay him too much to do what he does well on the ice it's the thing with
0: McGinn. it's it's this they yeah got, they, they bungled mccann but then got a freebie with seattle taking that fourth line 3.5 million dollar contract away and then they just turn around and give two point eight to another fourth liner. Baffling. It 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 is costing them a mid tier third line player right now of substance. And they need they need to fix that that they desperately yeah. need to fix. And it. I
1: don't know how they do that because I would almost suggest that they're going to resign Capitan and then the cap space that they've currently got's gone, right? Capitan doesn't solve their bottom six. Like, if you're going to get there and say they're not going to move Dumoulin, right? They're not going to... As in, they're not going to trade him, and they're not going to move him in the lineup, then they're going to re-sign Kapanen. You've got to take the same attitude with that.
0: And and then they're stuck. The coach hates Kapanen, too. Well... So it's not like he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. That... The fucking guy got benched. Yeah, like...
1: I don't know. So that's the thing. It's like, are they actually going to listen to the coach? He's going to go, I'm not going to play him. So get rid of him. I don't care whether he'll walk or whatever, but I don't want to play him.
0: I, you know uh, what I mean? I don't I don't want
1: to. It's, it's like, because quite clearly, like the, the reverse of that argument with Captain it is he quite clearly loves Brian Dumoulin. So my argument of playing him down the lineup, like he said, is not going to happen because I'll just stick him to Chris Letang. Because that's what this coach has always done.
0: So, you, you, you... Well, to to his credit, great pairing for a lot of years. No, no,
1: no, 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 I know. But a great coach sees when things are
0: going sideways and adjusts, right? He did, too. He did... I don't want to... Did they healthy scratch Dumoulin once or twice? Oh, I know they bumped him down to the bottom they pairing. They said healthy And they let Matheson... They said healthy scratch, so but he Matheson... was not healthy. But Matheson played with Letang and in the one game had that brutal defensive zone blue line turnover and it totally erased from everybody's memory the other very good stuff that was going on. I remember
1: you and I are in a group chat with a couple of guys and I remember us sitting there going... That's not that's not going to be allowed to happen again because I'll never get to play together again. I remember that we were like, "This is nuts," because they did quite a good job.
0: I thought so, but it didn't last. Coaches are risk averse, and, and, and it sucks. And... So, I. I don't know where they go from here. Um, I'm probably going to write about one option for a third-line center that hasn't, to my best of my knowledge, hasn't been signed. Paul Stastny, maybe he's in that $3, 3500000 million range. He's he's like 36 years old now, but, hey, it's the 30s hey, club. the Dallas Stars
1: can do it, and they don't have the superstars that Pittsburgh have got. We can do it.
0: Uh, so... I think that would be an interesting third line center kind of deal, but again, you got to move out money to to make that happen because they don't have a lot right and it's now. It's not
1: exactly like people are clamoring to take on
0: two point seven five for million projected space on cap friendly right now. Capenin's going to get like two if they go that yeah. route. So now you're talking about a seven hundred k player, which is whatever. Um, maybe they got a little bit more space here. I don't
1: see where it is, but.
0: They got 13 forwards. Yeah, you're right. Captain doesn't count towards that. But you got, like, here's what I don't get. You got, like, Drew O'Connor. He's, like, 24 years old. You don't know for sure what he is. He's going to give you NHL minutes on the fourth line. He's 750K. Boom, done. You don't need Brock McGinn. No, you don't. Let him do that. Uh, the other signings, Josh Archibald, for numerous reasons for me, is just such an un- uninspired <laughs> contract signing for 900 k Maybe they send him through waivers, and he plays in Wilkes-Barre. Ryan Poling, part of the Petrie trade. I think a former first-round pick, maybe they're hoping he catches on, changes scenery thing. I have zero expectations for, for these players uh, if they do something great, but I, I view them more as AHL depth at this point. I, I don't think you can lean into uh, that. The dog dies of like January do have a when number. people are injured. Yeah, exactly, and like Radim Zahorna, another name, Alex Nylander, who played in Rochester here, stunk, (laughs) was terrible. If you're going to sign Kasperi Kapanen and give him a chance, I'd rather just give Alex Nylander the chance. They are two peas in a pod, as far as I'm concerned. Alex Nylander had, um, after being traded to uh, Pittsburgh and playing AHL, uh, by all accounts had decent enough AHL year. I'd rather throw a dart there than Kapanen again.
1: That's uh that's high prize for cap. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I you know what? I haven't even thought of it. We have our third line center problems fixed. Yeah. Sam Poolin, of course. Of oh, course, Christ. remember all that discourse, all these loony prospect people oh maybe he can be the third line motherfucker can't even make the nhl yeah and it it loops that's why i hate talking about prospects you can talk glowingly about them just baseless glowing prospect talk and if it blows up you're never held accountable it's like oh well i guess they're prospects okay
1: well it's the thing it loops back around to the whole draft scenario doesn't it like why blow it up Eke out whatever yeah. you can for however long you can with the absolute you know, franchise, Hall of Fame players you've got.
0: And we would not feel this way a lot about the majority of team situations. The Pittsburgh's just in this unique aging curve thing where their stars are going to age more gracefully as if they're like 30, 31, 32 kind of deal. But think about... This isn't...
1: Think about Joe Thornton. Play. He didn't fall off a cliff until the last three years. I mean, he's like 41 now, right?
0: Yeah, I think he's older
1: yeah, you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, Joe Thornton was productive. He wasn't just filling a third-line or a fourth-line role. Like, it... Never a great skater, no. either. No. It's just... There are people who age better, and it's traditionally... The absolute out and out superstars. It's just how it works. Like Gretzky played until forever, right? Lemieux did as well. And you know, he got kind of screwed over sort of mid tier. Look at Jeremy Yeager. Like you just you sit there and
0: Jaeger <laughs> yeah, is not the example to use. That motherfucker murdered the aging. Yeah, I know. Viciously. <laughs> I know. He's... Well, Chris... He's still playing. Chris Chalios, He's
1: still Nick playing. Lidstrom, like there's a stack of them out there, but you look at who they are and you go, these are freaks, yes. right? So they break yes. the aging curve. And then Pittsburgh have got three of them, right? All in the same era. So write them out until the end and then pick up the pieces after it all gets burnt down.
0: <laughs> and, and to bring it around again from the beginning, who cares? It's going to help them in the rebuild it's going to help them hit the cap floor because the cap floor is going to keep going up once we get further away from uh, COVID and things like that. So those bad contracts are going to get them to the floor where they don't have to play the bad contract people. They just need the money to get there and they play all the kids. And their kids aren't going to be good at the beginning. So there'll be two or three year stretch where they should get a ton of good draft base. Might not be a, a lottery went in there, but no. you know. No. But maybe you're fourth and you get Shane Wright falling it'll, to it be well true. Oh, something like cool that.
1: How cool was his look at the Montreal bench? I know he's tried to say he didn't do that, but fuck me, man. There is a guy he giving did. a side-eye glance if I ever saw one.
0: Jesus. I didn't do that. Works in the 80s when nobody has the footage of you actually doing.
1: It. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't blame him for being pissed, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay for him to be pissed. It's okay for the Canadians to do what they did. Uh, They'll both move on. If he wants to use that as extrinsic motivation, go for it.
1: It's It's just good theater, and the league needs good theater. It's not like the NBA where superstars move club to club every 25 minutes or threaten to. Like this. This is a very static league with the way contracts are structured. It doesn't allow for a lot of movement and a lot of
0: which is why you ride out the 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 big yeah. three because you're not going to replace no. them for just this point. There's no offer sheets. No. To to your if there's not a that right there, makes your entire point, even without anything else. The the lack of RFA offer sheets. Like the most. Shows you that there's no willingness to to get fun, creative, go for it. It's
1: like one of the, the biggest risks at the moment is are the Russians gonna come back for some of these teams.
0: That's valid.
1: Like but, it, but the thing is that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the risk. The risk should be, Oh, we're gonna get officiated and this player goes over here and then oh, because they've been officiated we'll officiate this person. So so there's there's player movement there's, there's there's a weird culture in this sport that negates itself from being able to grow and expand and and catch you know catch the hearts of of the sporting public that just like drama you know I know the I know we are literally talking about people's lives here I get that I understand that like you wouldn't want to be a player that's being officiated I suppose I have to agree to anyway you know what I'm saying though and then have your life move to the other side of the country I kind of get all that. But the league needs to put itself in a situation where it garners interest outside of what goes on on the ice, if that makes sense.
0: It all makes sense. I, I think even though I, I ESPN's coverage wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, there were some real uh, bright spots. Emily Kaplan's very mm-hmm. good. Uh, I think Ray Ferraro does a decent job. But I didn't like – I was watching a lot of Sportsnet with with the same games on. Like when I was watching the playoffs, I was watching Canadian feeds because I just didn't want uh, the ESPN one. They'll they'll get better, but my point being being on ESPN was still a huge positive because the league is getting more buzz. The ratings are way up, like insanely up. Some some of them were up 150 percent. Yeah. That's yeah. so the sport is going to get some more runway and casual talk, and it has to do with the new TV deal, because ESPN will not talk about your sport if they do not have your rights.
1: Fair enough, Mark. <laughs> but
0: but they are the primary rights holder for the NHL now. So now the NBA has to share time with the NHL on that platform, and that's a good thing for the NHL.
1: Who? Hey. It's a very unfair comparison here, but who would be the three players in the next five years to retire? that could be Shaq and Chuck and Kenny Smith,
0: because that's what they need. They need a oh. panel
1: show that is done differently. You're not going to you're not going to be able to replicate what TNT brought. That thing. I mean, is
0: the magic. obvious one, the one that sticks out is uh, Subban.
1: I would love Ovechkin to do it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I would be good with yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I know. yeah, I know. Roberto Luongo, but he's he's working for the Panthers, yeah. I think. But the
1: thing that would be good with Luongo is that he would, Like, if you, if I try to sort of lay it out, he would be the Kenny Smith of the 3 X ex-players. As in, he would be the normal one. And Luongo's not normal because he's a goaltender. So, that's not a bad call, I reckon.
0: I, I think TNT having Biz on there is a good... Good step for that kind of uh, newer yeah. personality, yeah. and you don't you don't have to agree with everything no. he says or not, but he brings yes. a um, a vibe to that That's show.
1: What
0: he does. If we're gonna bitch about NBC for all these years, and TNT is gonna put someone like this on there to do the opposite, uh, I'm hard pressed to be critical as no, suppo- well. i suppose like the
1: thing for me is it's like you've got two hall of famers on, i don't know if kenny smith's a hall of famer but he was a good basketballer right biz is not uh what you would call a hall of famer player you need names that are recognizable to bring them on now social media world these days could be different because he's got a massive following with everything else that he does on social media and all that kind of stuff, so maybe I'm out completely out of the ballpark here on this, but I just I just feel like you need to have a couple of big name players that can come on, have their own personality on there, and then Biz is the third, well not the third wheel, but the third part of that crew. You know what I mean?
0: Well, ESPN tried kind of what you're saying, but may really missed the mark in my opinion, with what they went with Chelios and Messier, and I I don't don't, want to hear from them. They've got no
1: personality, and they're way past it. They they're two years ago.
0: That's the problem. Like Shaq and Chuck. Now, they could... They could... They could... Well, Barkley was the same time as Messier, so it's not so much that. It's just... They're old-school hockey culture guys, and I don't think that's the... That's where you want to be. And that's the thing, like
1: Shaq and Chuck are not old school. Well, they'll bitch and moan about the current game, right? Because it's not what we did. But they certainly give kudos to the guys when they play. They poke fun at the sport because there are silly things that happen in it. But they'll they'll, they'll analyze what's going on and explain what's happening. And I just didn't get that from those old guys. Those guys at the NHL are using... Through this particular season, and like you said, first year round, they'll get better and they'll improve, or they'll get somebody else in,
0: or they'll give John Butcher Gross more time. Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, well <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> I think we covered everything so far to this part of the off season. You okay with the dismiss, sonny? It is what it is. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Well, you look at the goalie market and you see some of the desperation that's happened where Toronto really needs a goalie and that they're trading for Matt Murray. Things things like that. To Smith at 1.8 million is not ideal. Running back the same goalie tandem. Not my top thing but when you have a bottom six as awful as it is they really can't spend spend much more than they're spending yeah. 5.3 million total at the position that's pretty good yeah. like to smith started the year really poorly and then finished okay he obviously got hurt well, it's, that it's, was i suppose the, problem. the thing
1: for me is it's like if you're if both your NHL-level goalies get injured. Your season's screwed either way, right? So, the fact that Pittsburgh got to Game 7 with the fact that they had to play Louis Domingue... Uh, yeah, I, look, I know it's, it, it hurts. I'm just It's just one of those things where you go, if he doesn't have that puck jump over his head, they go through and they probably end up with Jarry back in there, right? The issue I have with the Smith is that that was a core muscle injury tear. He's a fucking goalie. Like... And he's thirty. Yeah, like that's you're right. You do think he's twenty five. <laughs> um, that worries me. That he's like. It, there's a very good chance that even at thirty, he'll come back and he'll be fine. But goalie muscles, goalies work muscles way differently, and different muscles to what everybody else does because it's weird.
0: Yeah, that's why Carey Price's hip thing yeah, is fucked. Playing out the yeah, way it, it is. sucks.
1: So. Um. yeah that, that that worries me slightly to just Smith I mean every year when it comes around that Fleury's not signed somewhere I always said that thing in the back of my head I wanted to come and be a backup
0: but that'll never hey happen. let 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 me you want to let's we can we can wrap this podcast up and we can talk about your guy because <laughs> what is Jari's cap hit
1: it's three and a half right
0: what is Fleury's cap hit you tell me it's
1: three and a half
0: I am Jari's a UFA next right. year Jari wants six million. Penguins can't afford it because, you know, they, well, they have other yeah, holes yeah, in the lineup. Can't,
1: you can't pay that. Like...
0: the Wild have like eighty million tied up in fucking buyouts to suit her yeah, oh, and, and, um, <laughs> and Perise. Yeah. Garin, Penguins. Hey, you know what? We're not looking good here. Would you, would you trade for Flurry? And you got your whole gang back together again. Look,
1: I would like them all to retire under the same logo. It's not going to happen.
0: And I think the Flurry thing has got a greater chance than zero. And I'm actually gearing up as for for next year of almost even supporting that idea. Listen, I wanted him gone. Oh, I know. Trust me. 2016, 17. He deserved to to be jettisoned. He he fucked them for a long time but they're in a different spot now Cost uh concerns with the cap and everything uh let's say the penguins they're you know not making the runs they need to make in the playoffs you know you could bring the gang back together the thing that annoys like, me about okay. him is say
1: you just did a straight jerry for flurry swap right just you did that
0: well no, i wouldn't no, no, do that. just
1: say that happened you can't play Fleury for 50 to for 60 games. you got to play...
0: And you can't bring... Like, people were suggesting... Well, before Fleury did sign with Minnesota again. Like, bringing him in. And I think Jari and Fleury, that doesn't work for me because... That poor bastard Tristan Jari. The second he has a mediocre, oh, he's day, not even a yeah, horrible no,
1: he's one,
0: Flurry, 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 and it's like, oh my god. No. Even Jari playing well, Flurry, Fleury, the, the, Fleury. The, the, yeah, Fleury we want marc the, Andre. Like that's not a good no, spot. And the
1: thing, the thing.
0: Flurry can't be the backup to no. like a legitimate starter the, kind if, of deal in Pittsburgh. If
1: Fleury was going to be the backup in Pittsburgh. If Flurry is going to come into Pittsburgh, I don't want him play at uh, particularly the. Longer in the tooth age that he is, I don't want him playing more than 48 games. So you are literally asking for a tandem. If you have a look at his best seasons in Pittsburgh and around the league, he didn't play a lot of games. And the year that Vegas went to the cup finals and then he flamed out like he died in the ass, he played close to 60 games that year for
0: Vegas. There
1: is, a, there is a direct correlation between his ability in the playoffs. played
0: great in the playoffs, though. Up yeah, yeah the no, 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 I time. know.
1: But there is a direct correlation between the volume of games he plays and his ability to actually play all the way through. Because the year they won the Cup, he blew out his ankle for, for a stack of games, right? People yes. forget that. And he was great through the playoffs. So I just... I get there and I just I sit there and go... I know he's your number one goalie, and I know you're paying him six bazillion dollars for all those years. But play to the strengths. Like, don't make him play more than 55 games while he was young. And now that he's old, don't let him play more than 50. It's just. And you can't come back to Pittsburgh and not be the starter. Because whoever is the starter is just going to get exactly what you just said.
0: Isn't that nice of me to bring this back around to him? Thank you very
1: much. I'm still not going to buy a wild jersey. I'm not going to buy a Blackhawks jersey with it either. I've got.
0: You know, we did make it through the whole podcast, but I am going to mention him because he has a $1.9 million cap hit this year. Jack Johnson is the reason they don't have. Frost's oh, flexibility yeah, I, actually, right now. I saw
1: that before. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, hey, he won a cup.
0: Stanley Cup yeah, champion yeah, Jack yeah, Johnson. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Can't, can't hold that against him anymore.
0: People, some people are trying to re- get at me like, haha, he's the Stanley Cup champ, you're an idiot. And it's like, I have no problem with him succeeding and having joy in his life. No. That is not the problem. The problem was, he made $3.5 million and he was fucking terrible yep. on the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's gone off the... Well, he's not gone. You're going to wait till 25,
1: 26, buddy?
0: You know, we made it through all the, the depth talk about not having any money and the the... the, the, the the alarm bell at the bottom of the cap friendly page. I didn't scroll down far enough. 1.9 yeah, mils per kind of That's not nothing. Yeah, that's, that's Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, that's true. That might cost them Evan Rodriguez, who's a decent depth player. So anyways, yeah. congratulations on winning the cup, Jack.
1: What did you think of this? What did you think of the Stanley cup finals? Like just the six games that we played? What did you think? of? Them?
0: I like when the best teams are rewarded by just being yeah. there. Uh, Tampa ran out of gas. Tampa did not have Braden Point. That was a huge problem. I thought Tampa played admirably, given that it's their third long postseason run in a row. The, the off seasons have been super short because of COVID. It's really remarkable they were even there in the Georgia first place, And they and ran trade into trade. they ran into a. Fr- a trade. Colorado, oh, right. like Colorado, the whole year. Everybody's like. Colorado kicks ass. They're the best team. Colorado kicks ass. We don't always say that and, and have the champion be one and the same. Hey, remember how very, Remember how you always used to say
1: it. about Pittsburgh, all I need is uh, league average goaltending and they'd win? That's what...
0: Yeah, those flurry years that were yeah, terrible. Kemper... Yep, that's
1: what Kemper gave
0: them. Maybe even a little below. Maybe.
1: Not flurry below, but he was league average.
0: No, no. not quite. And and that's um,
1: that's the thing. It's like you sit there and you, you look at that and like he's going to go off now and make his money and and, and whatever whatever. But um, yeah, it was you, you just sit there and go, that was the right way to go about it. That's that's all you need. Like Tampa doesn't need Vasilevsky. They're that good a side, but that's where they've put their their money. So.
0: Well, Vasilevsky really drove that bus to get them there. This year, this year he did, yes. Well, I think he's got a con smite to his name too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing years. is, what I mean
1: though, is that they were falling apart. Like, body, body yes. parts were falling off scenario. Like, you're right. It's just that if he didn't drive the bus this particular season, they wouldn't have got as far as they did. Like, that's the that's the thing with Vasilevsky.
0: And, and you know what? Toronto could have easily been the East representative in the finals if they got through Tampa in that game. That was a game How seven. How many times
1: correct. are we going to say this about Toronto, though?
0: Listen, I get it. They run into freaking busts I get sucks. it. I get it. The Bruins I, are I get it, too,
1: but they're going to have to years. win a game. They're going to have to win a series at some point, or they're all going to leave.
0: And it's not looking good. Like, this year, they don't look as good going into the year as... These other ones, I I don't think Dubis has actually had a. a Who do you trade? You got to trade. You you've got to trade
1: one of those big. You got to trade one of those big guys. Who do you trade? Nah. No, you there
0: don't. You do. Probably Marner.
1: Well, I would have said Tavares, but you you can't trade him. You yet, can't. Yet. So it, is, it ends up being. No
0: one's taking it. Ends it. up being Marner. Yes, Tavares, but realistically yep. Marner, because he is playing great but at the same time he got market value and then some because Lou fucked around with him and Babcock fucked around with him and he was pissed I just
1: I really really would like to see them go deeper into the playoffs if for nothing else then they will help the cap go up the deeper they go (laughs) right so. it's one of those things with like Chicago um, Toronto actually any of the Canadian teams really they go deep revenue goes up and the league needs it New York that's another example
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: anyway I think you have oh. to go and uh, I do and uh, this is the first time in a while and I've kind of forgotten how to wrap these things up <laughs>
0: No, it's it's great to, to do this again. It was never a thing where we, we stopped liking doing it. I don't have any like concrete things to say, like, oh, we'll be back. Oh, at God, the, no. Like It's going to be really open-ended. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where we tweet it out, you see it pop up in your, your podcast stream, and you're like, oh, cool, there it is. Um, hopefully not a year <laughs> hiatus.
1: place. please. I really no hope No
0: guarantees, but it was fun to get back and talk about all this with with Cam and it's tremendous to be able to come back and not have this be a total bitch fest because of Genie Malkin's playing on the fucking cables <laughs> or some shit.
1: Very, very good point.
0: So hopefully the off season's not over for for pittsburgh they gotta they gotta really fix those bottom six forwards it won't be easy but the job as an nhl gm uh, it, it, it's not an easy job that's that's kind of part of it so we'll see where it goes uh, i hope everybody's enjoying their summer cam i hope your counterparts are enjoying their winter oh, it's
1: fucking freezing here it's shit ass
0: what's freezing
1: oh zero degrees celsius 32 okay Th- thing, things are frosting over here we're not getting snow or anything like we'll never get snow here but it's like it's either scorching hot in the summer or it's freezing as cold in the winter it just doesn't feel like there's any spring or autumn anymore it's just yeah it's been cold for a while here and i'm, I'm not enjoying it
0: it's a little colder than i thought you were gonna yeah. say ha well, <laughs> get some penguins gear some of that warm winter stuff You'll survive. I've
1: got beanies on. They've all got penguins all over them. We're all good.
0: Nice. All right, folks, thank you as always. We'll see you next time, whenever that may be. Catch you guys.